We're starting a new series today, and we'll be looking at several false teachings and philosophies that often creep into the church and lead folks away from the real truth. And as we begin, we're learning about something called doctrine. Here's Pastor David. Daniel 3, we find a uh, piece of history about King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar builds this large golden idol. I think 60 cubits by 60 cubits, which is like cubits like from here to here. And so you're talking, you know, much bigger than where I'm standing in this room. And he basically says, look, we're going to make everybody bow down to this thing. We're going to play some music and get the band going. And when that happens, everybody, everybody is going to bow down and worship this golden statue that I made. Now, if you did not bow down and worship the idol, the rule was, the decree was, that you'd be thrown into a fiery furnace. We get pretty worked up about things like cancel culture, right? This was worse. (laughs) They didn't just, you know, stop following you on Twitter. They threw you into a fiery furnace and burned you alive if you did not do what their culture had said you have to do. But there were three men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men served God. They served the one true God. They served our God. And when the music played, they did not bow down. They would not bow down. Some people in Babylon, in this area, the Chaldeans, didn't like the fact that they were all bowing down to this golden statue, but that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not. So they tattletailed to the king. Hey, these guys aren't doing the thing that you say we have to do. Well, Nebuchadnezzar got really angry because this was his rule, right? He had made this big thing. He was very proud of himself. And so he asked these men if it was true that they wouldn't bow down and worship the idol. This is what they said. This is from Daniel 13. I'm sorry, Daniel 3, verse 15, just the last part of the verse says, this is what Nebuchadnezzar says to them. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? The kind of pride that's there, right? The kind of pride, and you've got to keep this in mind because we're going to go through a lot of stuff, but what Nebuchadnezzar is doing, he's the elite, and he's setting a culture, and he's saying this is how it's got to be, and this is how everybody's got to be. And if you don't do that, there's no help for you. This is what these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is what they answered. This is uh, verses 16 through 18, chapter 3 of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, that you'll throw us in the furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, few of us have been in a position like this, or to this extent, where You had to put up or shut up with your faith. You had to put your life on the line for your faith. These guys couldn't be weak in their faith, okay? They couldn't be weak Christians, weak followers of God. They couldn't be that because their life was on the line here. Do the easy thing. Do the thing. Go with the flow. Do what the culture is saying. Just get along and go along and that kind of thing. Or risk your life. They couldn't be weak. They had to know God. They had to know that what they believed about God was right. 
because they were betting their lives on him, betting their lives on God. And they didn't know whether God would allow them to live, whether he would come in and protect them or not. They could have died, but they did trust in eternal life. They did trust that God would never abandon them in the way that it really matters. That kind of faith doesn't come without roots. It does not come without trial. It does not come without suffering. It does not come without trust. You have to trust God. And none of that comes without knowing the scriptures, the word of God. These men would have known the scriptures. They would have followed the scriptures. They would have needed the scriptures. They were in captivity in Babylon. They would have needed it. They were going through a difficult time and they would have known the word of God. Well, the long and short of it is that when these men of God stood up to Nebuchadnezzar and to everyone else in the culture, um, everyone just said, oh, okay, that's cool. That's not what happened. Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He ordered that furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than it normally is. I don't know if you know, that's very hot, okay? It's very hot. So he takes, yeah, no, no touchy. No touchy the hot furnace. It's, it will get you. So he gets his mighty men of valor to bind these guys up and to take them and throw them in the furnace. The furnace is so hot that when they throw in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the guys throwing them in die from the flame from the fire. That's how hot it is. Nebuchadnezzar's thinking, that's right, I'll show them. But Nebuchadnezzar took a look inside the furnace and he saw four men instead of three. And they were walking around in the fire, in the middle of the fire, and they were unhurt. And the fourth man, he said, looked like the son of God. Nebuchadnezzar called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fire. They come out, they're perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with them. Their hair wasn't singed nowhere. Their clothes weren't burned at all. And they didn't even smell like fire. In the end, Nebuchadnezzar ends up praising God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego end up getting promoted within the region there. Now, I study this because I want you to understand two things. One, until Jesus comes back, there will always be an idol. There will always be an idol that the culture demands you bow down to. There will never be a time where that's not true. Number two, you will only have the strength to honor God and to refuse to bow down if you are rooted, built up in Christ, and established in the faith. When the time comes where you're really forced, you will not be able to withstand unless you are rooted, built up in Christ, and established in the faith. Listen to this, Colossians 2, 4 through 8. Now, this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now listen to this rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware. It's a warning. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. They knew then, Paul knew then, that there would always be those who would try to use the philosophies of the world that was an empty deceit. So the only way to be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith is to know your faith. You have to know it. You got to know the Lord. You got to know the doctrine. 
and you got to live it out. Now, doctrine sounds like a fancy word. It just means teaching. It just means teaching. You got to know the teachings. You got to know the teachings. The doctrine of Jesus Christ is what he has taught us through the scriptures. All the scriptures are about Jesus. All the scriptures are the doctrine that have taught us what we need to know as Christ followers. If you are not built up in the doctrine, because we get built up in a lot of things in church, okay? And all of them are good. Most of them are good. We hang out together, fellowship, right? Breaking of bread, prayers. We, we, we do all kinds of stuff. We don't have many potlucks at this church. I'm trying to Potlucks have been, you know, caused me some issues. So we're trying to cut back on that. But, but we do a lot, of, a lot of getting together, a lot of stuff. And we come in, we listen to sermons and, and so on. But I'm talking specifically about the doctrine, the teaching. The teaching. If you're not built up in Jesus, in his doctrine, you will have nothing to hold on to in the dark. Ian Harbour wrote this. He said, one of my teachers said, we do theology in the light Theology, learning about God, okay, learning the scriptures and so on. We do theology in the light so we can stand on it in the dark. This is what we have to do. We have to work. We have to study to know the scriptures, to know the doctrine of God. If we do not study and work hard in the light so that we're built up, rooted, grounded, established in it, then when the dark comes, we'll have nothing to hold on to. We'll have nothing to stand on. We'll be swept away. When the time comes and the furnace is hot, seven times hot, we need to be able to shout, I will never bow down to anyone but Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. You have to be able to do that. And you won't just do it because you think you'll do it. It's very easy sitting here among other believers in this place to say, absolutely, I would do that. But when it comes down to it, I promise, when you start to think about what you might be losing, if you are not grounded, rooted, built up, established, you don't know the word, you're not living on it, you're not just eating it up, it's not inside you, you will not be able to withstand the fiery furnace. So, in order to do that, we have to become more serious about Jesus Christ than we have ever been. As a church, as a church worldwide, as the people in Acts Church. More serious about Jesus than we've ever been before. We have to have Jesus be the focus and the center of our lives, not just a part of our lives. This is the problem. This is a huge problem. We're going to get into this, Lord willing, later on. But there is this issue where what we do is we go, I've got school or work, got my wife, my husband, got my kids, got the bowling league, got the thing, got this, got that, and got Jesus. Like he's in the list. Jesus is the list. Everything else flows from Jesus being central. It's got to be central. He's got to be central. If he's not central and everything else is just a blessing that comes out from that, then he's just one of the things. Meaning when you're doing those other things, he's not involved. We got to get serious. We got to be disciples. We have to become disciples. Disciple learns. Disciples learn from their master. We need to be real, devoted followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. Joe Carter writes this in response to the trend that people are seeing of Christians who are not rooted in the doctrine of the word of God. This is what he says. While we, he's talking about the church, have mastered the task of making converts, 
We are by and large failing, as Stetzer says, in our duty of making disciples. Teaching the basic doctrines of the faith is not an optional task. It's not a project that we can undertake if we have time left over from all the other things we're doing. It's a matter of eternal consequence. He says, we no longer have the luxury of ignoring our responsibility to provide this desperately needed doctrinal instruction. We will either start making Christian disciples or our culture will continue to make deists who have a fondness for Jesus. People who believe there's a God out there somewhere and they kind of think Jesus is cool. That's not saving faith. But that's what we'll create if we don't root people in the doctrine in the scriptures. So this series is called White Lies. And it's a defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which we need to hold very dear. Every age has its false teachers. Usually, if you've done some work in history and the history of philosophy, what you'll find is they're the same false teachers. It's the same nonsense. What happens is it comes up, the church goes, okay. And they go, okay, that doesn't work. So we get a little while where something else comes up. And then that one comes back again. And that comes back again. And so the things we're seeing, there's nothing new under the sun. They're old heresies in new clothes. But every age has its false teachers, has its false philosophies, has its wolves in sheep's clothing that come into the church and teach doctrines of demons, things that are evil, and try to carry people away with that. Every culture has its golden idols that you have to bow down to if you want to be part of the crew, part of the club one of the cool guys. Lord willing, we're going to walk through the false philosophies that so many people in our culture are now running to over the course of this series. We're going to find out that some of these philosophies, and this is the tough part for us, are not just believed by other people. Some of them or some parts of them are probably believed by us. We've bought into them. It's the kind of thing you catch like a cold. It's more contagious than a virus, and you can't wear a mask to avoid it. It just creeps in. Just creeps in. And so we got to do as Paul instructed the young Timothy. This is what he said. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, the teaching. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Knowing and being rooted in biblical doctrine is not just the calling of pastors and elders. Now that's for them. They've got to know that stuff. They got, and it's true. They better know that stuff, right? Because they're teachers and they're called to a higher account. But it is the calling of every believer to know the doctrine. Every believer in Jesus Christ, every follower of him, from the beginning of Christ's church, this has been a fundamental. Listen to Acts 2.42. This is the very beginning of the church. It's like day one stuff. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. In the apostles' doctrine, it's the first thing they list. Steadfastly continuing in that. Paul himself not only suffered for the gospel, but defended it. Listen to this, Philippians 1, 6-7. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. Just as it is right for me to think this of all of you, because I have you in my heart, also can be translated, you have me in your heart. Inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. This was part of Paul's job. The defense and confirmation of the gospel. You are all partakers with me of grace. 
Praise God. This is how we should all live. This is how we should all live. Know the gospel. Know the doctrine. Defend the gospel. Defend the doctrine. Defend the scripture and live it out in love. Now, there are a couple things I want to be clear about. We're going to be studying and refuting. And I like to refute. It's just one of those things I like to do. The false philosophies of the world and some that have crept into the church. But as we ought with all things, we're going to do this with love. We're going to do with love. Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says this. It says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. I'm not looking. We're not looking as a church to dog on anyone, to be harsh to anyone. We should not be angry. We should not be harsh. We should be loving towards those who have doubts. And let me just tell you something. Jesus was not angry with Thomas when he doubted. He was very loving towards him. As a result, Thomas lost his doubts because he believed. If you are a person who doubts and you're here, or you're listening online, whatever it is, come talk to me. You're not going to get harshness from me because you have doubts. Let's talk them through. I don't want anyone to feel like as I go through and I'm refuting things that that means that I'm angry or I'm harsh towards anybody. But we do have to do the work. We do have to do the work and we will be studying the truth. And let me just tell you something about truth. There are no compromises. There are no compromises. There is no other way to look at it. We are not going to be studying about disputed matters, okay? What I'd call left-hand doctrines, gray areas, things like that, where different believers can believe different things about that. That's not what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the doctrine, matters of doctrine that are essential and central to the faith, to your faith in Jesus Christ. So let me just say up front, we will not be agreeing to disagree. If you reject the fundamental truths of the Bible, we just plain disagree. Okay? I'm just going to tell you, if you disagree with the Bible, you're wrong and the Bible's right. I know our 2021 years are like, oh, you can't, shh, you can't say that. You can't say that. Yes, I can. I just did. And it's on video. Here's why I'm saying it, though. As we walk through this, you'll see that one of the things that has happened to cause some of these bad philosophies has been attempts to compromise the truth of the, of the gospel, the truth of the scripture. So to get along, to find somewhere, well, I don't want to bow to the idol, but maybe if I just, you know, had a moment of silence there for the idol, whatever it happens to be, right? And th that kind of mindset has caused many people to compromise on these issues, and it has led people to begin to shipwreck their faith. And many have suffered with that. Now, we're not going to study every false philosophy as we go through this series. We're not going to study every false philosophy, false religion in the world. We don't have time for that. We're going to concentrate on those things that I think are making the most noise in our culture right now. The things that you are the most likely to be brought away with, or your children, or your friends, or your parents, or whoever are more likely to kind of start buying into. Those are the things that we're going to talk about. We've done several series on what's called apologetics. Apologetics is the defense of the faith. Okay, we've done several series. We call them our skeptics series. You can find them on our website or on the app or on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. You can find all that stuff. And really, those are about dealing with like the basics of belief in Christ, belief in God, who God is, and so on, kind of more to the atheist or the agnostic. 
If you want to look at those, you can look at that. That's not what this is. It's not a study primarily aimed at the atheist or the general unbeliever. In fact, that is a very small group of people. They're very loud, sometimes obnoxious. Then again, so am I sometimes. But they're not very large. This is to a much larger group that we're dealing with. In fact, much of what we will be studying will be false teachings from people who call themselves Christians, who would say they're Christians, but teach a false gospel. You'll want to be sure and check out the next episode for part two, where Pastor David will teach us more about the importance of doctrine and give us a glimpse of what's ahead in this series. Until then, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please give us a call, 360-885-9000, or use email info at axchurchnw.org. Thanks for joining us, and we'll look for you next time for part two of White Lies here on Contemplate.